thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back and welcome to some might argue the final episode of well, yeah the the format kind of the that we've had for the last three years yeah it's um we, we we've mentioned it a few times over the last few weeks that we're, we're coming to the end of the original metacritic top 100 and it had always been our intention after we'd finished the metacritic list that we would go on to do our own games which we've we've mentioned a few times previously over the last month or so um and we'll we'll kind of give you a little bit more information on that towards the end of the episode but this is uh this episode marks somewhat of the end of an era i suppose after three and almost three and a half years of doing the metacritic top 100 so yeah it's a bit of a weird one today but how are you are you well yeah i'm all right um yes very I'm emotional i imagine <laughs> about what <laughs> just the, you know the fact that we're coming to the, the end of an era oh I didn't even clock it, so yes, that that kind of speaks volumes how emotional I am feeling mm. about this. Because yeah. you've repressed it, and that's what that is. Yes, correct. That's the reasoning. Bloody lovely. Well, we shall crack on uh, then with quite a quite a big biggish game, um, I'd say, particularly a large yeah. game from the last couple of years. Well, last year. So today we are going to be discussing Elden Ring. So. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard of Elden Ring. But Elden Ring was What's released. Elden in... Ring? El- Elden Ring is Lord of the Rings, is it? The, the, the one, the One Ring. <laughs> um, but Elden Ring was released in February 2022 and was developed by From Software, rather famous um, developer for making devilishly hard games. Uh, but it scored a meta score of 96 on both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. And comes in with a 94 on PC. As with a few of the other recent games that we've done on the the podcast, this doesn't kind of link in with the the 100 list that we originally have been working to over the past few years because this was a, a recent addition. So a, a score of 96 is probably kind of middle of the road ish, maybe around the, the 30, 40 mark on our list, maybe. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's top half. Um, hmm. but. Yeah. Not so, yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a massive game, really. So we'll start off as we usually do. Uh, what's your history with this game, and where did you play it? Um, I bought this game nearly, uh, so I probably within the first week, I saw it was getting rave reviews, and I bought it, and it's just sat there kind of ever since. And that wasn't deliberate, but if you've got a backlog, you know... Um, wading through that thing can be painful and that was the case with this game so yeah no, uh, no experience playing this game i knew uh, what it was it was basically um a from software open world game and with the with the leanings of um george rr R. martin mm. in there as well um so yeah th- 
that I've played other From Software games. Um, I've I played Demon Souls when it came out. I was one of the early adopters of Demon Souls, and I made um, good progress in that. But I never got to the end. Um, I played Dark Souls when that came out. Again, made very good progress with that. Um, I reckon I got between a halfway and three quarters of the way through. But I seem to have fallen off, not for any particular reason, but I, I guess stuff happened. Um, and I completed Bloodborne um, during COVID, actually, uh, and the DLC as well. I remember, really, you, I remember you playing through that because you were talking to me at the same time telling me about it. Yeah, really quite um, enjoyed that game. And fr from what I've described, the only one that I made it to the end of, so... Yeah, uh, I played this on the Xbox Series X, as, as that was the console that I bought it on. Um, what about you? So I have got a bit of history. So anyone that was listening to the podcast around Christmas 2022 um, might have heard me mention that I was playing it back then. It was one of those games that I just got on a whim. I fancied playing something new and heard a load of people talking about how good it was. I I played, um, I've not got, any experience really with from software games i played maybe about two or three hours of maybe not even that much uh bloodborne a few years ago because it was on the playstation plus hits so i had access to that for free but i played through some of elden ring christmas 2022 i got maybe i think i probably put about four three or four hours into it maybe a little bit more and managed to get past Margit the Fellowman, who is kind of the first canonical boss, I suppose, in the game, uh, before falling off. And I think we got busy with longer games for the podcast, so I kind of put it down. So going back to it this time, I started again from scratch because I couldn't really remember how to play the game. And anyone that knows From Software Games knows that your character build is pretty essential, depending on what kind of run you want with these games. And because I didn't know anything about what I was doing when I started it at Christmas, I think I chose the Samurai back then. And it maybe wasn't the best character to go with for the way that I played these games. So, yeah, started from scratch. Had about three hours experience before. But, yeah, we went from the beginning this time. And I played this on the PS5. So that's where I originally bought it. So I just booted that back up. So you mentioned earlier that this... Um, from Software Games have got a bit of a theme running through them, and a lot of the From Software stuff is based on gameplay and particularly difficulty. But this game does have, I think, a plot. Um, it isn't always particularly clear what that plot is. This is very much, uh, you know, no hand holding with this game in gameplay or story, really. It's there if you want to find it. But do you, or can you? provide much of a background on the plot of this game tarnished um probably not uh so you, you you very i mean i mean it's the same with all these games i'd say probably bloodborne has the most plot of these games but even then it's it's there's a lot of backstory in these games a lot of um lore but not necessarily a lot that ties in with the overarching plots um so you are tarnished um which is something the word that gets thrown around a lot basically it means you don't have a maiden i believe yeah. is the case you're uh, you're you're exiled 
um, from the lands between, which is where the game takes place. Yeah, is what tarnished so you're is. running around as a tarnished without a maiden. Um, you do get an honorary maiden in Melania. Um, Trump and yes, correct. <laughs> Wife of Donald. <laughs> Quite. Oh, it's gone off the rails already. Brilliant. <laughs> and I don't even know. Uh, I can't remember if the game sets you on a course to do anything um, in terms of at the beginning. But my understanding of the plot is that you you've got to get to the um the city Lanedale, um the Imperial City or something like that. That's Oblivion. Mm. Um Imperial something or some city of some description. And yeah. And you're doing something with the Elden Ring and, and the Elden Tree. Uh and you beat some bosses along the way. And yeah. Yeah, this this game <laughs> that, isn't that very be best description of a plot ever. Yeah, it's not a very plot heavy game unless you really go looking for it it isn't very self-explanatory so the overarching plot of the game like you've just mentioned there you are tarnished which is someone somewhat special that's been exiled from the lands between which is where the game takes place it's an open world and it's got a lot of different areas to it the map on this game is huge and the overarching plot of this is that there are these demigods who each have the shard of a, uh, a rune, which, when I think when put together, makes up the Elden Ring. So the the plot of the game is that you have to take down each of these uh, demigods, of which I think there are eight. I think you don't have to take them all out. You don't. So, you don't um... have to take down all the bosses, but I think the the main plot of the game is that you have to take down if you want to complete it properly. You have to take down eight of the demigods to get their shard to therefore i believe i, yeah, I don't think you even ring. need to do that um i was watching a video about this game and and it says what's necessary to get to the elden beast which is the final boss yeah. um and in terms of collecting the shards to get into the city you only need to actually take down two um and that's what i did i took down two um to get into the city and then from there you go, spoilers into the sort of end game, which is the final couple of areas, and then um, eventually you'll fight fight the Elden Beast. Um, but a lot of, I think by design, a lot of this game can be um, skipped, so you can yep. skip, for example, um, uh, Margit the Fell Omen. Mm -hmm. You can just <laughs> you can just walk round the castle yep. that he's in. And get to the next area, which is quite funny, really. So, so, same, same with the academy. Um, yeah, you know that the, the first kind of area that you get 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 to when you you come out into the open world is you're kind of pushed towards a place called Stormvale Castle, and like you say there, you can just kind of go around the side of it, around a mountain, so you avoid all of that in there. And what I did, I really struggled getting through Stormvale Castle, but I did manage to defeat um, Margit. So I defeated the boss, tried to go through the castle. It did my head in, so I then went round. Uh, but then you can do the same with the second main area of the game, which is the academy, in that you can go in there and do what you're supposed to do and fight the bosses, or you can just avoid it. So 
I don't think that a From Software game has given those options before. I think with From games in the past, it's been very much like, right, this is the path. You have to well, go through it. If you can't do it, you better, as the well, meme no, it's, is, get it's, good. It's a funny It's a funny game. Uh, it's, they're, they're a funny lot of games, and um, they've always had optional bosses, and there have always been optional areas that you don't have to go to. You can completely miss... Um, while I wouldn't describe them as open world, there there is an openness to them, and there are path, pathways through them. There are certain bosses that are mandatory, much like Elden Ring. It's it's like they've taken the structure of Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and they've um, expanded it massively, um, so that it is now open world. But there's still it's not like a, an open field game where. You've got a large open field and areas around the field that you can go to. It's it's there are still areas that are blocked off to you, and you might see a point in the distance, and you can go there, but you have to take a very specific path to get there. Um, so yeah, it's a bit more curated and a bit more uh, at times linear, especially towards the end of the game. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one in terms of design. You see, I've I've always had quite a um, like an outsider's view of from software games because the, these games aren't really for me. Anyone that's listened to this podcast over the last three years, even if you've not listened to every episode, you'll know that I struggle to keep on with games. Sometimes, um, if I find it too hard or too frustrating, I can get quite bored and I fall off. And it's why I've never really tried with a from software game before because I, I'm the first one that will always admit I'm not the great uh, I'm cack really in terms of my skill with gaming it's why I don't play many well, online I think, games I think you've got skill at, at certain games at some things um, yeah yeah there, there are games that I think you probably are, are very good at and then but this is this one is, of them <laughs> yeah maybe this is just not the one for you no and I think that's the, the the case for a lot of people but it is quite frustrating when I, I think a lot of it comes down to persistence because to describe, uh, so I, I said about um, introducing a new question into the podcast, mm. and I think it fits well early. Um, describe your experience playing through this game, um, kind of your mood as you were going through it, and any difficulties that you had, and yeah, kind so of where you where you ended up on it. The, the the thing the thing is with this game is that when I was playing it, when I was making progress, I really enjoyed it. I think that the open world is amazing. I think that visually it's one of the best looking games I've probably played. And although it feels sometimes like the combat is unfair, I know that it is somewhat balanced. And depending on how you play, there are there are ways to get around different tasks. And I, I, did, I didn't get as far as you in this game, as is usually the case. Not through lack of effort, though. Not through I ran out of time. I've been playing this game for about a month, but... I'm just not good at it, and I got as far as the academy. I think you started off quite keen on it. Um, yeah. I think you were trying to rally me to get into it more to begin with. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you, and you, you you get to a point, and you kind of hit a brick wall. So when I got, so I stopped playing the game at the academy, literally as as you're going into it, and I got to a point where you walk up through the main steps. There are those two wizard men that look like they've got the Burger King King's head on um, their shoulders, really weird looking. Killed both of them, went into 
the main room and then there was another one of those guys and then these two melee um, enemies. And my problem with this game is when you get swarmed, it's very hard to, to survive. So I lost there. I was like, oh, pissed. Turned it off. And then about half an hour later, I was like, oh, but I have got quite a few smithing stones. Maybe I'll go and upgrade my weapon. Because the, the, the... the game is a lot like that, that you're always thinking in the background, what can I do? Yeah, to yeah 100%. Get, and to be but... fair, I could have just skipped the academy altogether, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, I've seen the boss that's in the, the academy, the, the witch, and I wanted Pain to do it. Ass. But I, I was like, right, okay, so I'm going to leave, leave the academy. I'm going to go back and pick up my, my souls, my runes. Um, and then went to the, um, you know, the little sanctuary where um, tarnished people go. I can't remember the name yeah, of it. Yeah, like the round table. Yeah, the round table. Upgraded my weapon. I was using a mace because uh, I was using the character builder, the Vagabond, which I think is the most balanced one if you're more combat focused because I couldn't work out how to use magic in this game. So I did that. And then there is a section in the round table where if you jump down to the main door, you can fight a, um, a spirit. Um, I think it's called Mad Tongue Albrecht, Albrecht or whatever. And I struggled to do it on my playthrough um, at Christmas. I couldn't beat him. So this time around, I think I was like level 26 on that character. Whereas this time around, I was about level 40, 48 maybe. I was like, oh, I've got a good chance of doing him now. And no matter how many times I tried, I just couldn't beat him. And I think... The problem that I have with these games is that it's very hard to keep, like, to stay rallied with it once you get to a point where you're like, I can't get around this. And like I said, I could have completely skipped the academy um, if I'd have gone back there and just carried on with the story. But for for me, I really enjoyed fighting Margit the Fell before Stormvale Castle. I, I thought that was cool. And I wanted to get some more bosses just to work out how they worked. But because my skill level and, and my patience levels with these games isn't it isn't particularly high um i've got quite a short temper when it comes to to playing games not quite as like i don't lose my temper but i haven't got the patience for it and if i've tried it a couple of times i'll be like right no bollocks i'm done so i when i was making progress with this game i enjoyed it and that is my main experience with it but there were times where it got to a point where i was like right i'm done i'll turn it off but then i'll go back and do something else but I think I just came to one too many roadblocks. I was like, right, I'm I'm done now. This game's doing my head in a little bit. And it's very demoralizing seeing people on YouTube. Like you and me have mentioned quite a few times as someone that we used to watch a lot of, like just ironically at uni was, was Dark Side Phil on YouTube DSP. He's your favorite, I believe he's still. He's everyone's favorite YouTuber. <laughs> but when you see people like DSP completing games like Dark Souls, like I look at myself and I'm just like, oh, Really? Like, am I that bad that I can't beat a game that, like, one of the biggest scrubs of all time, Dark Side Phil, can beat? Like, it's a bit depressing. But that doesn't take away from the fact that what I did play of Elden Ring, even though I didn't, you know, see a majority of the game, I played, you know, a fair bit on this character. Yeah, you played enough to, to fall. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I wish I could have seen more, but I just think that this game isn't for me, you know? Um, yeah no matter how how much effort or how much time I put into it, this is one of those games that I'm always going to struggle to get into and, and find frustrating, not because of the the world or the story, but just because of the difficulty spike. So that's my main experience takeaway from it, I suppose. What, what's yours? Because you've got a bit more experience with these games than I do. Um, 
I knew what I was getting in for, um, and I think because I knew what I was getting in for, I I said to you very early on, I'm, I'm not really in the mood to play yeah um, a from software game, and I pushed through. I really was has I'm I'm well. If I'm in the right frame of mind, then then I usually like to get ahead on on the games for the list. But um, recently, there's been a lot going on, and I've kind of um, been playing them as we're doing them. And yeah, I did. I really struggled to start this game and to get get the motivations carry on. Mm. And at some point, I did. You start to you you, you take down a boss. Um, I was leveling up and beat Margaret Fellowman, and um, then things start to click, and you think, okay, this is this is why people play these games again. Um, I will admit that I'm not the the very biggest fan of these games. There are people that lap these games up, and that's not quite me. I have to really uh, drive myself to play them, and I can understand the appeal of them. But um, with these games, surprisingly, I can get switched off quite easily. And I think that's happened in the past with some of them. Yeah. Although I, I, I really think it fizzled out with Dark Souls. I don't think um, I don't think I reached a boss and stopped or anything like that. But um, and, it's, and the same with Demon's Souls, to be fair. But, but Bloodborne, I, I saw all the way through. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, but with, with this one... I started to get into a rhythm with it, and I started to um, think about it. And I used, I started to, I was, I was looking at things online for this game and um, tricks and tips mm. and uh, making progress. I actually did bypass the academy and then went back to do it later on. Um, and I did the uh, Lanedale, the whatever city. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I completed um, Morgoth, the Demon King, I think is uh, well something like that. Um, so he's actually Margit the Fell Omen, but yeah, he's you um, fight him twice, don't you? Yeah, a bit of a a redone version of him. So I, I beat him. Um, I got into the end game. I made it a chunk of the way through, and I hit a boss that I believe is a bit notorious in this game called um fire giant yeah and the fire giant is huge yeah he's massive massive. and got two phases as well two phases and you you most people will fight him on a horse because you're in a massive area yeah and he does a lot of damage he has a lot of health and the camera for this fight is horrific like you're constantly looking at his feet and you can't see his attacks coming in. It's really problematic. And I've seen a lot of um, fans of From Software complaining about this boss, saying that um, these large bosses don't work in this game. And, and I've seen other From Software fans saying that actually the, the bosses in Elden Ring are a step down from other From Software games. Um, there's, there's someone who did a, a very long video dedicated to just the bosses and... and breaking down all of them and describing, well, not all of them, all the, all of the key bosses and describing what worked and what didn't work with them. Um, and with the fire giant, I, I got him down to um, very little health a couple of times, but it wasn't consistent. I hadn't quite worked out the tactic to beat him. 
And I could have done it um, if I had the motivation to keep going. But this was Saturday. I still had the whole weekend if I wanted to, to keep playing that game, um, to do my um, equipment up a bit. But I just completely ran out of steam. And it wasn't even through trying him over and over again. I was going off and doing other bits as well. Mm. I just ran out of steam and I, and I just... I've gotten to a point in my life with games where I used to be a bit um, OCD playing games and I had to do and see everything and do things a certain way. Um, at some point, it clicked that, well, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. And I think with this game, it wasn't that it wasn't fun. It was... I ran out of steam and I just thought, well, I've seen a lot of this game. Yes, I haven't seen the end game, but it's the the, the very end game. But this is the part of the game that people say is the weakest. Yeah. And I just thought, what else is this gonna, game going to show me that I need to see? And I thought I, I can happily drop it there and, and be happy to say that I played Elden Ring. Got to that point and... I'd seen enough. So, yeah, it was it was a very strange one for me because usually you get, especially when you're hooked on a game, and, and I'd say I did get hooked at a point in this game, um, but I feel like the game sort of climaxes at the city and at Morgoth. Um, but beyond there, it feels like the game should have ended there in a way, mm. but it doesn't. Yeah, and I, and I heard a few people say that. Um, so yeah, it's, it. I don't know. That that was my experience, and it, and it kind of left me a bit mm, about this game. And I prefer other from software games, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I mean, that that takes us quite nice into gameplay as king. So do you think this game is fun? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's got a good gameplay loop. I think there's some balancing issues, and I think going open world has affected the way that you level. So you can either be very over-leveled or very under-leveled, depending on um, how you're playing the game. You can run past lots of things and you could end up in an area um, with quite strong enemies and be under-leveled. Or you can go and see and do everything, arrive at a boss and find that you're 20 levels over them. Or, or uh, And there is a, a sort of suggested level um, for fighting these bosses. And if you go in overpowered you will wipe the floor with them if you go in underpowered they will wipe the floor with you so it's a balance that i don't think they quite worked out and there are difficulty spikes in this game so um i was i was trucking along quite nicely um all the way past the city and then i feel like the the difficulty level spikes and then the enemy seemed to be 10 15 levels above where I was. So it is fun. There's a good gameplay loop, but there's some, some balancing issues that um, I think do hinder the experience and they could, and in my case did, kind of turn me off the game. But the moment to moment is fun and you will, as I said, you will go away and you will think about ways to strategize and beat a boss, um, get to the next area, um, get through Stormvale Castle, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, generally, it's fun. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, it has its frustrations. Um, and, you know, 
like like I said earlier, that when I got to points where I was making progress, I was really enjoying it. But it's when you come to those road stops and you're just like, oh. And you are completely right that there can be times where you accidentally end up in a place where you're completely underleveled for where you need to be. And a, a prime example of that was in my first playthrough at Christmas, where you start the game. If you, because the, the the idea is you carry straight on up and head towards Stormvale Castle, but you can go anywhere. And I went um, like east, um, east west kind of direction. No, southwest, southeast. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, was put that, I was like east west. I was like, what's odds. that? Um, no, southeast. <laughs> and there's like these burnt out ruins. Um, quite close to where this big dragon is. And if you go down into the ruins, like there are a few dogs around and a couple of weird people, but you kill them and you go into this room and there's a chest in there. And you open the chest and you expect to get uh, a reward. But in fact, it um, is like a transport and it takes you to another part of the map. And I'd been working quite hard for about an hour just taking down some of the little giants in the area to get my rune levels up. And I was like, yeah, okay, pick this up. Got transported somewhere else and ended up in a mine in like the, maybe the north, I don't know, northeast area of the map where you're going to a mine where these are like massively overpowered enemies for like your your starter character. Made it out of there and then just ended up in this swamp that was full of scarlet rot and I just got absolutely blown away. Um, So those things can happen. Yeah, maybe. Uh, It it looks very bleak and it's all very red and... Yeah, that's porous. Good, yeah. Yeah. So th- this game is fun, but this game will absolutely smack you in the teeth when you're not expecting it, and not even if you let it. It just will do that without you realizing that something's happening. So fun, but annoying. What yeah, is your favorite this move? Game is um, if you're some days you'll be switched on and you're playing and you'll just be flying through, yeah. and then other days. You'll just be not in the right mood to play it and you'll just keep getting decimated no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you pick it up and you'll be fine again flying through. Yeah. And, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It really is dependent on, on how you're feeling that day. Agreed. Um, favourite move uh, would be the counter attack. I was literally going to say, is it like the parry? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, so I, I use the halberd throughout the game and... Yeah, you, you block with your shield and then um, you can follow up if you time it right with a counter-attack mm. that just feels very good to do. can be devastating um, as well. Yeah, so I, I I like that that sort of defensive play that um, things like Bloodborne don't have because there's no... Uh, there's, well, there's, no, there's like one shield in Bloodborne and it's a very much aggression focused game where you have to attack all the time it's very quick much quicker than Elden Ring mm. so um, yeah I, I like that kind of play and, and uh, enjoyed that move how about you? Same the parry um, I'd say just to kind of mix it up so I'm not saying the exact same thing as you although that was my favourite the other thing would probably be the overhead attack so if you jump up and do a strong attack and hit someone you can land quite a bit of damage yeah um, so yeah, it's always been a powerful move in the from software mm, games. So I'd probably say that, and I also really liked the um, the spirit ashes that you could summon, uh, like the dogs or the the, the jellyfish. Um, that was a really helpful inclusion, uh, and it was it was one that you, you missed, didn't you? Because you you weren't really aware of it until I told you about it. I did you ever go back yeah. and get it? 
Yeah, I did use it a couple of times, but by the time I started using it, um, the summons were so much weaker than the enemies I was facing that they just got wiped out immediately. Yeah. I know you can level them up. Um, mm. and, and, and a shout out to the horse as well. The horse is cool. And that obviously sets Elden Ring apart from other From Software games. The, 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 like you say, you can, you can level up the, the Spirit Ashes and stuff in this game, which it, I know I mention it all the time, but I always feel I come back to talking about Final Fantasy. And when I think about playing... That's because it's all you talk about. That is it's literally the only topic I've got. But when I think about how much I know about Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and to some extent Final Fantasy IX and maybe ten, Which I, is nothing. I don't know anything. Um, I know nothing. But when I think about the the leveling up systems in those games where you can level up your magic and your you know your your weapons and stuff. I know that stuff inside out, but when it came to like I watched a lot of speedruns of this game, which we'll come on into a bit, people doing stuff crazy skill and challenges and they're like, oh, okay, on this run I'm gonna go pick up this item and do this to therefore make my uh stat boost this. And I'm like it's like they're speaking Latin to me. Absolutely clueless. And I think to myself, when I think back to those Final Fantasy games, because they're games I played when I was younger and I put a load of time into and I was invested, I just think, is that what th- those games are for other people who don't know them? Yeah, uh, I think it is. Yeah, because like watching some of these speedruns and people are like, okay, I'm going to do a speedrun, but I need to go and get this item to, to do this X, Y, Z. And I'm just like, where, where do you get this information from? How do you know this? Like I got the, the potion of... Um, increased or something physic um which increased like was a strength boost but i just happened upon it in a youtube video that i found out i needed two ingredients and then i could make it one of the the safe spaces but yeah just the the, the depth of this game and the law and the the systems it's like i feel like i need to be overwhelming yeah it I is think, massively um, overwhelming and it put me off trying to learn about it because there was so much of it I think um, the price of entry with any RPG is to learn its systems, mm. and I always get to the point with every single RPG I play, and I and I think um, RPG is my favourite genre. Um, I love a lot of RPGs, but you always get to a point where it's um, sink or swim, where you either make the effort to pick up the systems, or you go home. And I and, and I, I will admit that I I, I didn't do that quite as much as I should have done with Elden Ring um, but if it's an RPG that I'm serious about yeah. and I think I want to commit to this then I will do that but I always find crafting in um, in any RPGs is usually an area or alchemy is usually an area where I just leave and I just think I cannot be bothered to ever engage with those systems because yeah. I don't like the idea of it but but then again if if the game teaches it you well and in a simplistic manner it's quite easy to pick them up. Like yeah. for me, Persona Five, um, the systems in that game, and the different things with the personas and like um, mashing them up to create uh, like stronger personas, no problem. I struggled a little bit with it in Persona Four, and I didn't um, maybe learn everything I could have done in that game, but I just didn't find it as user or beginner friendly. And cooking in Breath of the Wild comes to my mind. It's it's a system that I wouldn't really engage with in a game, but because they made it fun experimental and just a bit silly mm. i quite enjoyed it yeah so let's talk because i think a big part of this game yeah it's the gameplay yeah it's the difficulty loop yeah it's the bosses 100 percent. 
but I think a big draw of this game is the world and yeah. the the environments that you're exploring. So you want to talk a little bit about some of the, the highlight uh, areas uh, for yourself that you found maybe? Um, I liked the city. That was cool. So the world design-wise is you've got the open area. You've got... Um, you, 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 I'm not going to say traditional open world because it's not quite a traditional open world. Yeah. But you also have these things called legacy dungeons. They are the areas that are closer to a traditional from software game where progression is a bit more linear. Um, you have to follow a path or, or a few paths through an area, defeat lots of enemies and get to certain bosses. And they're kind of separate from the open world in that way. Um, so I like I like the city. That was a cool legacy dungeon. Um, I quite like the first area. I think that that is a really strong um, first impression of the game. And I might even say that it doesn't really get better than that for me. Um, I don't know what you think. I, for me, I think that, that the highlight is, I think the highlight of the game is the visuals. And I didn't see as much of it as you did because lack of skill at this game. But I've watched footage of all of this game from numerous um, runners and the look of it's incredible. Like when you go down this lift into like this underworld area that's got its own sky, it just looks incredible. And you've got the Elden tree, which is always there in the, it's very vertical. This game, it's a lot more vertical than mm. many other open worlds. Yeah. It's, it's another one of those like Red Dead Redemption 2 where it feels like you can see something in the in the distance and it's like, well, you can go there if you want. It might take you a long time to get there, but you can go there. And you might not like what you find there because you might get absolutely battered. But I think that the visuals in this game, like I said at the start, are probably some of the best visuals I've seen in any game. Um, and I think that's linked with the fact that it came out last year. It is, you know, it's quite a modern new game, one of the newer ones on the on the list. Uh, if not maybe the newest but I think it was a big reason why I kept going back and playing this game because I wanted to see more of it like the academy looks incredible I had a I had a secret wish when this game was announced so when it was announced it was um, George R.R. R. Martin and from software creating a game it was going to be open world you could ride a horse my secret wish was to see how um, From Software created a town and had a traditional quote-unquote friendly town environment and how that worked within the world. And I think you could still retain some of the atmosphere but have this, this, this town sort of area. I know you've got the round table and you've got some friendlies there. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to see that and that didn't quite come well it didn't come to fruition and i'm still intrigued by that idea to see if you could incorporate some of those more traditional elements of um rpgs into this open world formula or, or this uh, from software formula um yeah i'm not sure if they could but that was my secret wish i think i mean that 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 kind of brings us on to the, the, the question of the week i guess um 
you know, this is probably more a question for you than me because I'm not a huge from software fan. I've not played any of the other games really. Um, although I know that we're going to have to when we get to the open critic list because they're pretty yes. much all on there, which I'm dreading. But do you <laughs> think that from software should stick with this open world format and that you can skip areas and go back to them if you want to? Or do you think they should revert back to the more linear aspects of the, the Souls games where, you know, it's very much, uh, you've got a few options here and there maybe, but for, for, for the majority, you need to stick on one path. Do you think it's better that way or do you like this new new concept? I think they're going to do both. Um, they've They've kind of started quite a few franchises now. You've got, I think Dark Souls is, I, I believe it's uh, come to a, a close. Mm. You've got Bloodborne. You've got people begging for a Bloodborne sequel. Um, you've Sekiro. got Sekiro, yeah. which is its own thing, which uh, is some people's favourite From Software Apparently the hardest game. One. Yeah, and also known to be the hardest. Um, and you've got Elden Ring, which is the open world. I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if, um, if we ever saw an Elden Ring 2 and it wasn't open world. At the same time, I think if we ever get a Bloodborne sequel, it won't be open world. Um, I like the open world. I liked some of the stuff that it brought with it. I also think there's just as much place for a more um, streamlined experience Mm. like Bloodborne. Because they're not completely linear or closed. There are, as I say, there are whole areas... um, that you can completely bypass in Bloodborne and there are a lot of routes you can take through the world. I'm intrigued to see what you think of the other games um, and see if you get on with any of those a bit better than um, Elden Ring. You may not, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think there's a place for both. The more interesting thing I think is with these... RPGs that From Software makes, are we ever going to see them move away from the Souls system of um, you build up um, Souls or, or whatever the equivalent is from defeating enemies and you land at a bonfire or a, a site of grace or whatever it is and there you can cash in your um, Souls or uh, whatever it is, your blood um, from Bloodborne. But if you die, you have Lose one opportunity. Well, th- think about to... it. That that is now that's its own genre, isn't it? It's souls like games. It is. And the the first game that comes to my mind when we think about that is the the newer Star Wars games, um, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Those are souls like games because it is very much you gain your experience and you spend it at the meditation. It's that points. gameplay loop that and it does work and and I, I don't deny it that it works, but I would also be intrigued to see. Um, what an RPG made by From Software would look like mm. that didn't do that, and from what I know, actually, I don't, I don't know if Sekiro quite follows that formula. Um, I don't really know much about. Sekiro. No, I don't I've know enough it, about it. I don't really know much. <laughs> All I know so, is that it's yeah. very hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't really properly answered that. I, I think they've got strengths. I both formulas have got strengths, and I don't know if I prefer one over the other. Yeah, I think they both have a place. What do you think? Um, I, Obviously, I, it's hard for you to answer. Yeah, I, I don't really know. Um, I think that. I mean, I played. I played a bit of Bloodborne, 
and I know that Bloodborne is for a lot of people one of their favourite games ever it did seem like a cool environment and I personally I think that the design of Elden Ring is better than something linear because it makes it more accessible to players like me yeah it does I will say that if if you if you are stuck in an area and and there are inevitably areas in things like Bloodborne mm. where you may hit a brick wall, um, whereas in Elden Ring you can go and do something else or you can bypass it entirely in many cases and I like that I think that's good and you know it, it's been well known for a number of years that there are some people within the the fan group of these games they can be quite gatekeepy. And oh, of course. it's very much like, well, if you can't get to that bit, then you're just not good enough and you need to improve. Whereas, All you need to do is search any videos on any boss and you'll see someone, oh, I did that one straight away. Well, f- funnily you- enough, that, that brings me to the last section that I want to talk about, which is skill and challenge. Now, like I mentioned earlier, there are people that know these games inside out and it, it blows my mind. Um because I just can't imagine how someone can get that good at a game like this. And funnily enough, on Saturday, um, I, I woke up, I watched a bit of YouTube in the morning, it was Nerdcubed, um, and he uploaded a video where he'd put a mod into Elden Ring where every single boss or every single like NPC that was like a goat or anything had turned into either a turtle, so quite easy, or uh, Melania of Mikola, who is... Apparently the hardest hard. boss in any From Software yeah. game. <laughs> um, and it's basically like, well, you're going through the game and if you, you know, if you come across Turtles Happy Days, but it could also be Millennia as well. And the the, the skill that Trump. some... It's crazy. The skill that some people have at these games is insane. And, you know, I know that when the game first came out, Millennia was a huge point where people like this is the hardest from boss that there's ever been and if you search on youtube there's uh, videos about one particular elden ring player called let me solo her yeah yeah have you seen that and it's just a guy i've seen about it yeah the guy in the pants in yeah the... he's guy he comes in with his pants he's got a pot on his head and he's just got a, uh, a club and he takes down millennia without taking a single hit and some of the skill that people have got. And was it Mr. Blobby? It was Mr. Blobby. Uh, and as well as that, Noel Edmonds is actually a, uh, a a side boss that you can miss. Optional. Um, it's just <laughs> past the Academy, I believe, uh, in the Fun House dungeon. Yeah. Uh, the House Party dungeon, sorry. Um, and, and Mr. Blobby do, does, of course, have two forms. Um, and it is possibly one of the hardest sections in the game, I've heard. Um, um, me too. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I wanted to touch on the the challenge and skill that people have at this game because it is genuinely crazy, and you know you can watch any anyone do like speed runs of games and it will blow your mind a little bit. But games of this difficulty, it's is very impressive. You know you've got people that will just play through the game as a wretch, never up, up, updating their weapons or leveling up, and they'll still complete it without taking a single hit. It's I think it just takes time. Patience, um, yeah. To to really get to know all the timings, I still f- find it just. So I remember when we when we did Devil May Cry, and watched the Matthew Matosis video alongside it, and him just smashing through that game 
Um, I think he did no damage. The um, I think it was the S rating. And getting to put, putting the time in to get that good at a game, I just just find it daunting. I don't know about you. I I don't have the time. <laughs> is 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 the is the I don't have the time or the patience. And maybe ten years ago I would have done. I probably wouldn't have had the patience, but I definitely would have had the time. Um, but hats off to people like that because I I can't. I can't fathom it. So, Elden Ring, score of 96. It's, um, you know, it's a very popular game. Do you think it deserves its place in the top 100? Um, I've already thought about this. And as we know, on the Metacritic side of things, it's the only um, From Software game. And completely disregarding the open critic list, which does have the rest of them on there, and is its own thing. If there was only one soft from software game on this list, I would prefer it to be Bloodborne. Um, I really like Bloodborne's mood, atmosphere, the gothic setting. That game, even when it was frustrating, and it was at times frustrating. Um, the, uh, the boss that DSP got smashed on, uh, Ludwig, um, was hard. And there was something that kept me playing and carrying on and wanting to see what areas I would see next because there's quite a variety there and they're all draped in this gothic dressing and mm. it's, yeah, it's it's good. Um, that's, that's my favourite From Software game that I've played so far. And for me, that would be the one that sits on this list. So I would say I would prefer it to be replaced with Bloodborne. Um, so no. How about you? No, I think I think it does. Um, I, don't, I don't have the same history with you. I've not played those other games. So I think that this is an incredibly good-looking game. I think it's a well-designed game. It's a frustrating game. But if you, as is evidenced by many people on YouTube, if you put the time in, and really focus on how you want to beat it and how you want to play it. You can get good at this game and you know make it make it your own. So I would say that it does deserve to be here. I think it was quite a cool game. Um, probably isn't one that I'm ever going to complete, but I enjoyed my time with it nonetheless. Um, so yeah, that wraps up Elden Ring. And so I've had a thought. Yeah. About the, the the future. So, as people know, we're going to be doing our, our 15 games um, each that we would recommend to be on this list. So that's the next chapter. The chapter after that is the Open Critic list. Um, the games that did not appear on the Metacritic list that appeared on the Open Critic list. Then we're, then we're going to be doing that. I suggest that after we have done the Open Critic list, we do another 15 games of our choosing maybe not the a tier list of uh, games because this is that but maybe um a secondary list of 15 games that we think deserves to be there um i know we discussed doing a bit of an intro episode to uh the, the next chapter yes but i now say that we remove that because some of our honorable mentions i imagine would make it onto a second Mm -hmm. um, list of 15 games. Um, so let's 
scrap that episode and we'll come straight back with that's fine so um yes we will be coming back uh we're taking taking three weeks off just because like we say we want to kind of draw a line between what we've done so far and what's coming next as well as having a bit of a break as well um ring's taking it out of me (laughs) yes absolutely so we will be coming back on the 3rd of august so three weeks from today well tomorrow for us but today if you're listening to it on day of release uh but we'll be coming back on the 3rd of august 2023 with the first of um we're starting off with one of my games from my 15 my personal 15 list so we are coming back with star wars jedi knight jedi academy which i think released in 2003 and it's not a game you've played before i don't think is it no and before we do it what why did you pick this game? And, and I'll give you some um, what, what I mean by that. So was this a, is this a game that you genuinely feel deserves to be on the list? Is it a game that you just enjoy playing? Or is it a game that you want me to experience? Or what's, what's um, the reason for this game being here? I think your, fif- your, your 15 games are probably games that you think should be in um, the top 100, a a maybe. For, for, a, for, a for the most part. Whereas... A lot of the games in my 15, we, we've both seen each other's lists. A lot of the games in my 15 aren't necessarily games that I think, yeah, they're, they're the, the creme de la creme. They should be in the top 100 games. Some of them, I think, should be. But a lot of them are games that have a bit of a special place for me and probably have been put on my list to some extent because of nostalgia. And Jedi Academy in my opinion, is the best Star Wars game that there's been, if you want to be a Jedi, which, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be a Jedi. I've got a got a lightsaber upstairs, you know. And part of it's nostalgia. Part of it is the fact that I genuinely think that it is the best Star Wars, Star Wars game. And I think another part of it is just I want you to experience a game that I put a lot of time into when I was younger. Um, and I'll go into more detail about that when we actually get to the game um in three cool. weeks time but yeah it, it isn't necessarily a game that i think should be with the other top 100 games i'd probably argue and, and it that doesn't I'd... have to be no no it, it, it doesn't I think have to every be. single one of my games has got a different reason for being there and mm. this is why i kind of think that's an interesting question to ask yeah sure um to preface the episodes with um why have you picked it and the other question i think is a good preface question is um how am I feeling about playing um, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy? How are you um, feeling about playing Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy? I don't... I know a bit about it. I think it, they're, the, they're the more action-heavy um, Star Wars games, aren't they? Mm-hmm. These ones. Um, so I know a bit about it. I know that they released on um, PS2 sort of time, didn't they? Yeah, it, right? it released on the original Xbox and on PC. It wasn't on PS2. I don't oh, think it, it was not? on GameCube. Okay. Um, okay, okay. and it's only in the last kind of five years or so that they've bought them to um, made them a bit more accessible with you know um, PS5 you know, modern as I've con- said in the past consoles. I'm a casual fan of Star Wars and um, so, so I'm I, this is not a game that I'm dreading or anything like that I think it'll be quite fun to play so that, that's, that's about all the opinion I have but no, man, that, you can, you can a create a lightsaber so Choose, choose your lightsaber color, so you know that's 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 it. Game can I have a rainbow lightsaber. No, you can't have that. 
Oh. It's, it's not June anymore. Not Pride Month. They won't let you have a. The they won't. They won't let you have a rainbow lightsaber. Unfortunately, <laughs> those swines at Lucas Arts. Um, Damn them. But yeah, it's. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it again. So, but yes, that will be in three weeks' time. Um, I suppose. I suppose to wrap up. If you've been here since February, no March, no February, yeah February 2020. And you might not have listened to all the episodes, but you might have listened to a fair few, or you might be a new listener. But if you've joined us this far, then thank you for joining us yep. on this rather mammoth journey that we've End had. End for... of chapter one. Yeah, it's been a mammoth three and a half year journey for 100 games. I don't think either of us thought it would take us this long to get through. I think we probably thought it would take us maybe a year or two, um, yeah. but not certainly not three and a half years. And you and me both have had very big things happen in our lives during us doing the the last 100 and something games. So yeah, as usual, you can find us on social media. I have created us a profile on the new social media threads uh, because it looks like Twitter is going down the tubes and people are migrating over to threads. So we have now got a threads account as well. You can find us on there. Um, normal twitter facebook instagram long short of it podcast you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com and now more than ever i would invite you that if you have enjoyed the first chapter i suppose of the podcast that you rate it on whatever platform you listen to us or share it or just something to help us get more ears in if you think more people would enjoy it um but yeah it's um I've very much enjoyed the last three and a half years doing these 100 and something games. And I'm looking forward to doing the next 30 of our choice. So that is all from me. Anything else that you want to add? No, see you on the next one. Lovely. We'll see you in three weeks time. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio.